Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So how you been there, Jamil? Pretty good, pretty good. Busy. Yeah, yeah, don't doubt it. Don't yeah. doubt it. I'm enjoying a bit of uh, the fruits of my labor, though. Ah. Some Evil 3. Oh, yeah, that's a Brought in a can one. here for uh, me and uh, Porno Scott. <laughs> You're just combining nicknames now. Oh yeah, um, you know, I'm too lazy to really come up with any new ones. I'll twirl my mustache for the majority of the show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Get that hipster vibe going. This beer, man, it's so good. It is. It's the smoothest, easiest, eleven and a half percent hundred IBU beer you're ever gonna have. Oh yeah, I've been drinking like a. We put them in pint cans this year. Oh, and nice. So nice. I got a couple of four packs for the house. And mm. each night I drink one of those cans and I'm just like, wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> and then I want another one. And uh, I think the first night I was like, yeah, I'll have another one. And I did. And then I was like, well, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> so since then I've been like, no, you can't have another one. Only drink one. Yeah, I imagine the the second half of the second can would kind of go to waste. Oh no, no going to waste. Oh okay, no, no such thing. It just goes right in. Oh yeah, I'm sure our, our good friend John Blickman would uh, enjoy Evil Three. I oh, sure would. You yeah. know, this is actually really good. <laughs> yeah. Senior. Yeah, he was like, you want some Evil 3? And I was like, that is not my jam. Yeah. But no, this is delicious. Yeah, not me neither, normally. Not a big hop guy, but this beer is, no, this is delightful. Deli- exactly. Smooth. Yeah. Smooth and easy. Yeah, it's going to be another year before I have more. Yeah, you instantly sold the batch out before it was oh, yeah, uh, even done. Yeah. It was already sold, huh? Yeah, it's, it's hard to make enough of it. It, it takes... Uh, so normally it takes us like four batches to fill a uh, 120 barrel fermenter, which actually holds 447 barrels gross. But with this beer, we have to brew five batches to to really fill it up, and then so and then we net probably 90 barrels out of that. Is it is it repeat accounts? Like who's buying it? Also, I mean, obviously they know what they're getting. Yeah, so and well, it's new new accounts too that have never you know had it, but have heard about it. So we do Evil Three Day, where uh, people come down and they can get their growlers filled directly off the fermenter, and then we have like cans for sale, and it's like a big party. And so uh, people start lining up like eight in the morning, and um, wow, it's quite the day. And then um, no wonder you only net ninety barrels. Right. right. Well, we we actually, uh, or is that hop loss? That's hop loss. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, we wow. put put so much hops in there, um, and it's not insanely bitter. Like it has a lot of flavor, but it's not right. super bitter. Totally. It's it's bitter. I want more. Um, but it uh, there's still a little bit left. We should just drink it before Porno Steve gets here. Um, Please. Yeah, screw that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to be punished. <laughs> um. It's bitter, but you know the it's the choice of hops and it's the water profile and it's all that that makes it you know a smooth bittering. Like uh, you know that's that's lost on some people. They like it really harsh. I don't like it harsh. I like it smooth. I like it easy. <laughs> just just like my my John Blickman. 
Yes. <laughs> smooth and easy. That's, That's what his we middle name. Smooth and easy. <laughs> what, what did what, what nickname did we come up with for him last time? <laughs> I don't remember now. <laughs> it was quite disgusting. Beeb, wasn't wasn't he in here the other night, Bookman? I don't. Who who was sitting here? And you were like, "That's John yeah. Bookman." Think so? No. You sure? Yeah, he was. He was up. Uh, was it a week or so ago? Yeah. Because we did we did the BYO boot camp in San Diego two weeks ago, and then immediately after that, he went up uh, up to the Bay Area do some business, and uh, I probably probably stopped in. He yeah, might have been here. He I did. didn't. I didn't say that though. I haven't seen him since. I don't know when. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. He was here. I, I heard him trying to order something smooth and easy. <laughs> Gosh, what was that nickname now? I, I was so repulsed by it. I think I blocked it out. <laughs> we, had, we had his new porn name. It was, it was foul. Okay, now i got to look it up. Let's see. Uh, I texted it to him. Jamil is scrolling through a, a novel of back and forth texts. That's a hell of a thread. <laughs> you guys are you guys are close. Here it is. Oh, Sploogeezy. Oh, that was it. <laughs> there, it's it has a, the same sort of ring as smooth and easy. Yeah, Sploogeezy. And gross. No, no, please. That's classic porn uh, right there. Yeah, well, old Sploogeezy, he's uh, been sponsoring the show for a long time, uh, paying for it so you don't have to. So uh, what I would suggest is go by the uh, website, uh, uh, BlickmanEngineering.com, and check it out. All the good stuff on there. You can even send him an email at feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com, and he'll get it. He reads all those. He really does appreciate that uh, uh, you you find value in the show and, and the fact that he sponsors it. So. Uh, good guy, lots of great products, and um, uh, one of the things is he went with uh, you, John, to do the BYO boot camp down in San Diego, right? That is right, yep. And you were mentioning that uh, one of the questions that came up a lot was about efficiency, that people were seemed kind of confused as to how to measure right. their efficiency, what it should be, what affected efficiency, a lot of little things about efficiency that right. seem like one of the the uh, difficult things for a lot of people. Yeah. So I, I, I we covered that in our talk there. We were kind of doing a all-green brewing 101 or all-green essentials class um, both days down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we worked in a discussion, you know, about a 20-minute discussion of efficiency. And uh, I thought, you know, given the interest there and some emails that we've received, both for Bruce Strong and just, you know, people sending us questions, I thought probably be good to go over it again. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit fundamental, a little bit back to basics. But, um, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that uh, people do get confused on and not sure how to apply it. So I think it'll think it'll be useful. Right. Yeah. If. if um uh, well, and, and you say back to basics, fundamentals, I, I think um, uh, it, it has some complexity to it. But, yeah. you know, if if you've never learned this, then, uh, you know, what you're saying is you need to learn some of the fundamentals of brewing, <laughs> some of the basics yeah. of brewing. Yeah, you, you can gloss over this and just go forward and make whatever. But if you really want to make great, consistent beer, you need to kind of get a hold of, you know, what this number is and realize, uh, you know, how to measure it. Not that you want, you know, the greatest. One of the things that drove me nuts is people were trying to like, ah, you know, I'm I'm only at like 88 percent efficiency. How do I get like 95? It's like, why? <laughs> yeah. Why are you bothering? You're just going to mess up your beer. So. It's not that you need to be chasing a specific number, but here's how you kind of figure it out, right? Right. And it's, you know, it's it's a number that you would use in recipe development, you know, figuring out mm-hmm. how much grain you need for a batch. Right, um, right. Yeah, an important know, first step in being able to uh, make your yeah. own recipes. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and and just and once you understand where the number comes from, it helps, you know, it's another tool, another uh touch point to help you understand your brewing process and how you're doing Mm -hmm. and you know again it's you don't need to strive for 95 percent or anything like that it's just a matter of understanding where you are right right well and um so the the whole thing about mash efficiency it really kind of 
boils down our efficiency when brewing it boils down to a couple of things it's you know the efficiency of the mash the conversion of the starches to the sugars right that that's one one section to it and then the other section is kind of the loudering the the rinsing of those sugars out of that grain bed and yeah. capturing them in the kettle right and then um I, you know, one thing that always threw people off was like uh, you know, the kettle and the boil, they were like, well, you know, if I boil it down more, then I got more efficiency. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> right. Efficiency is actually independent of the boil. The boil affects how you measure it because, or, or the math that's involved because you right. take into account, um, you know, different numbers. Um, the yeah, the, the volume. Um, but you could have, uh, you know, 80% efficiency, and you've collected 10 gallons of 1040 wort and boil that down to 5 gallons, and now you've got 1080 wort, 5 gallons. Or you could, uh, let's say you collected uh, 7 gallons of 1060 or whatever. Doesn't really matter. Once you boil yeah, it down, the, the same the, efficiency. The, the same efficiency. The numbers of what you have in your kettle and all that have changed, but efficiency has remained the same. You're you're just concentrating what's there. Efficiency is about the conversion of the starches and the capturing of the of the sugars. Right. Yep, okay. It's all about your yield. Right. Right. And uh, there's ways to affect that, of course. Let's do this. Let's take a short break. And uh, when we come back, why don't we dive into uh, all the ins and outs of brewing efficiency right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high-temperature march pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. 
Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash and boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature Rest mashing is easy to do, all for under 300 bucks. They also feature the Mark II Work Pump, a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much, as well as exclusive Brewers Edge regulators and quality Keg King kegs and disconnects. Check them out today at WilliamsBrewing.com to bruise their vast selection. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand. Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer this is brew strong all right we're back and many many thanks to porno scott for for filling in for uh the missing porno steve many you're welcome uh, well, and uh, I want to give thanks out to uh, Great Fermentations as well. I don't know if, uh, wow. you know, John John and I have been there yeah. And, yeah. and seen those folks and what they do and uh, how clean and organized and, and well-run their shops are. Oh, yeah, uh, beautiful. Good people. And they're out there in Indiana. They have the their John Blickman's essentially local uh, homebrew shop. And... Maybe that's part of the reason that they have the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their staff is some of the best trained in using those Blickman products. So if you got you know uh, Blickman products, you got questions, great fermentations, they can they can answer your questions, they can sell you the products, they can service the products, all that stuff, and they got top notch customer service, same day shipping on on many of their items. Uh, you know, really good folks. You can check them out at greatfermentations.com, and you can like them on Facebook. GR8 Fermentation, same on Twitter, same on Instagram. Uh, check them out. Good folks, greatfermentations.com. That, that's cool that you got to go there. I've only seen pictures. It looks like a great spot. And, and uh, what what surprised me most was how clean and organized the whole place was. You know, how sometimes you go into homebrew shops, and God bless them, you know, a lot of times it's one passionate individual who's yeah. opened a shop and can't keep up with everything. Uh, you know, but you see, like, dirty boxes and dirty products and just Green piles of everywhere. junk piled up. And, yeah, um, and not there. It's, it's, it's a, like a clean, modern store with the products well-maintained, excellent selection. And, and you uh, know, really I, surprising. I think that might just be their MO, like, for everything, because I've actually only dealt with them on a bookkeeping, from bookkeeping standpoint, and mm-hmm. even the way that they Handle pay that. their bills. Yeah. Is amazing. They're totally <laughs> like, on top of it. They send yeah. me an email three days before they automatically put money into the account. Yeah. They're like, hey, this is coming. And then when it's there, they're it's, like, hey, it's, it's, it's there. It's just a, a re- super well-run uh, a machine. company. Yeah, the, well, and it, you know, it goes from the head down. Um, that's one reason, since Justin's the head of the Brewing Network, why the Brewing Network is <laughs> really very uh, uh, I try to help. loose in uh, how things are done, I guess uh, we'll say. And, uh, I try. Uh, yeah. uh, and that's one reason why uh, Great Fermentations, uh, the, the owner uh, there, uh, she's absolutely fantastic. 
uh, you know, and it's it's that that drive to make it perfect that uh, really has paid off for them. Anyways, uh, we were talking about uh, efficiency. That's right. So, John, tell us uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start on the on the mash end of this thing? Well, yeah. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the definition where we get our basis uh, from okay. when it comes to efficiency. So, uh, efficiency is based on yield. And so our brewing efficiency is how well we're doing compared to a laboratory standard mash and lauder. Yeah, see, and when they say laboratory standard mash and lauder, they're talking about grinding something essentially to powder and then, right. you know, soaking it at, you know, optimal temperatures. And how much can they really extract out of this thing? Right. It's not... A, a, a lab mash like, oh, this is going to make quality beer. It is, how hard can you push this grain to cough up some sugar? That's right. Yeah. The ASBC fine grind dry basis evaluation of malt, they take 50 grams of malt. <laughs> a little handful. Mm-hmm. And they grind it to powder and they put it in you know warm water. They mash in around 113 degrees Fahrenheit. And then they hold that for half an hour, really let it soak up the water, get hydrated. And then they slowly ramp it up over another half hour up to 158 degrees, which is like your alpha amylase rest. Then they hold that there for another hour. So it's like a two-hour mash on this little bit of grain. Then they add more water to bring the water to grist ratio up to 8 to 1. and which is, you know, a typical water grist ratio um, it is more like uh, three to one or four to one in terms of liters per kilogram, uh, eight to one in this case um, for the lab. And then they drain that mash through p- filter paper over another hour. So uh, they then they weigh what they've got, you know, from uh, draining that, and they um, calculate it. And it typically comes out to about... 80%, 81% of the malt, the dry weight of the malt, gets extracted as soluble extract into that water. And so, the, in other words, the maximum extract from a sample of malt is about 80, 81% of the dry weight as soluble extract. And so that's our basis of comparison. Mm-hmm. So when we do our mashes, uh, we, you know, Put our, we put our grist in the, in the mash tun, you know, mash it, and then drain off that wort, and we evaluate how many, how much, gra- how much wort, how much gravity points and volume that we obtain in our boil kettle, um, and we ratio it against that eighty percent. So, um, and I can, I need to back up a little bit. So. Um, if you know base malt cons- contributes eighty percent by weight, uh, another gold standard is table sugar. Table sugar uh, contributes a hundred percent of its weight as soluble extract. You know, mm-hmm. when you dissolve it in water, there's nothing left behind. There's no chaff. There's no husk or anything like that. In the case of malt, and table sugar uh, contributes forty six. Uh, points per pound per gallon in terms of gravity. In other words, if you took one pound of sugar and dissolved it in water to create one gallon of solution, that solution would have a gravity of one point oh four six. So that's our other basis of comparison. Um, base malt at eighty percent soluble extract would, uh, if you made uh, if you mashed and watered and collected to create one gallon solution from one pound of malt, you would have a gravity of 1.037. Which 80%, is 80% of the weight. Yeah, 80%, 80% of, the of, of 46. Right. So um, you go from 80% of 46 to get 37 points per pound per gallon. And in terms of liters per kilogram... And that would be uh, perfect extraction. That would be perfect extraction, yes. And conversion. Yeah. So you would have, if you had 100% 
efficiency. In other words, you are tying the laboratory mash in, in water, mm-hmm. you would get a gravity of 37, mm-hmm. 1037, mm-hmm. Um, or 309 in terms of points per liter per kilogram. Um, and, uh, you know, in the metric system. Mm-hmm. So that's your maximum potential yield. Our efficiency is as brewers and craft brewers. We're ra- we're ratioing our yield against that that uh, perfect eighty percent or thirty seven points per pound per gallon, and um, typically we're going to get somewhere around seventy five percent of that, mm-hmm. which would be about twenty eight points per pound per gallon, or um, I think it's two hundred ninety three pkl. So um, again. There's mash efficiency and there's lauder efficiency. We have how well we convert the starches to sugars in the mash mm-hmm. and then how well we extract those sugars from the grain and, and you'll get that and get that wort into our kettle. Mm-hmm. So um, the number you need to measure to calculate your efficiency is the volume of wort in your kettle times its gravity. So Mm -hmm. if you collect, um, let's see, where's the page I'm looking for? If you collect, you know, seven gallons of uh, 1038, or sorry, uh, seven gallons of um, 1045 wort in your boil kettle, that's seven times 45, that's 315 gallon points of extract. Mm Mm-hmm. Then you would divide that by the amount of grain used. Let's say we use 12 pounds. So 315 divided by 12, that works out to 26 and a quarter gallon points per pound or points per pound per gallon. It's algebra. You just kind of flip the units around. So um, 26.25 points per pound per gallon, you divide that by our standard 37 points per pound per gallon uh, to match, you know, the 80% soluble extract, 26.25 divided by 37 equals 71% efficiency. Mm-hmm. So that is how efficient your mash and lauder was compared to the laboratory. Mm-hmm. Now, from there, you would go through the boil. You would take that seven gallons, maybe boil it down to six gallons, and, you know, that would kick up your... Uh, your OG to like 1052-ish, yeah, something like that. And from there on, now you have to worry about wort loss, how much wort gets lost in the tube, um, how much you get lost to, you know, hops and just stuck in your lines. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that that is an that is kind of an aspect of efficiency. It's kind of a brew house efficiency, but really, um, let's keep in mind that that's really a separate thing that's physical losses due to your brewing mm-hmm. setup well and also you know uh where it left behind in the louder ton yeah, or yeah. in the mash ton uh you know false yeah. bottoms and things like that it tends right. to be uh you know some concentration there um <clears throat> that's one of the things about uh you know doing a a fly sparge you know it tends to rinse out those uh those uh you know, false bottoms and such. Yeah. So, um, so there's kind of that's kind of the whole thought stream on efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go back and look at each piece now a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, let's look at mash efficiency. You know how well we are converting the weight. You know the weight of the ma- the weight of the grist into soluble extract. How well those starches are converting to sugars, mm-hmm. and uh, you need to understand. Uh, well, not you, Jamil. You know, you understand this, but everyone needs to understand that you know the mash conversion is dependent upon several factors. Um, one of these is the degree of crush. You know how well mm-hmm. those starches are exposed to right. um, the hydration and, and the malt enzyme or the yeah the malt enzymes. Mm-hmm. Um, then That's one of the reasons that they do in the Congress mash that they grind it to a powder, so they're exposing every little last bit of the starch to the water and the enzymes. Right, and then of course then you have 
the temperature and the pH of the mash controlling that enzyme activity. Mm-hmm. So those are, you know, other two very important factors. So, well, um, and, and then your one group. other thing, yeah. The the going back to the method, ASBC fine grind dry basis. Mm-hmm. What they do is they figure out what the percent of moisture is in that malt. Mm-hmm. And then they subtract that out. Right. So as brewers, we have to deal with how much moisture, how much water is already in the malt that is, you know, it's really subtracting from the weight of our malt. And typically that number is about 4% mm-hmm. of, by weight. Right. You know, small percentage, but... Um, what that means is that in looking at if you had done a perfect mash and a perfect con, you know water, mm-hmm. um, you would still be about four percent shy of that eighty percent by weight. Mm-hmm. You'd be at around seventy six percent because your grist had four percent by weight water. Mm-hmm which isn't going to contribute solid oil extract. So um, that's right. that's one one big factor, really, in, uh, in addition to all these other factors that's going to affect your total yield. Like in uh, you know, real humid places like Florida or you know, the Caribbean or something like that, and you've got a lot of high hu- level of humidity, um, and your, your malt is not uh, sealed off from that, um, yeah. you tend to pick up uh, a bit of extra weight. And five, six percent. Yeah, that can mess with your um, uh, calculations and your your numbers. The other thing that can can mess with things is, um, you know, your grist, uh, the makeup of your grist. So we're talking base malts here, but you know, if you're using a lot of crystal malt, uh, you know, you'll you'll get a different, uh, you know, amount of sugar out of that. uh, You know, something like a, a roasted barley. You'll get right. uh, uh, you know a different level of uh, uh, sugar out of that <clears throat> yeah. because a lot of the uh, starches have been converted already into uh, these flavor compounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, if you do, if you look in how to brew in the uh, steeping section, and it's chapter three now, um, I've got a table of you know the actual points per pound per gallon of extract that you get when steeping and mashing some of the specialty malts. Mm-hmm. And it can be like 50% of what you would get from a base malt. I mean, you know, in other words, only 14 points per pound per gallon compared to 28, um, you know, half of the soluble extract. So, yeah, the, the amount of specialty, specialty malts that you have in your recipe can also make a significant contribution to um, how much extract you should be seeing from your mash. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, uh, we'll continue with talking about uh, efficiency and how to measure it, what it means, and uh, uh, I assume at some point how to change it. We'll be back right after this. Beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft craftbeer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewers banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. 
You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch Do out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. Like the Lance Armstrong of the beer world. Except for that nut thing. This is Bruce Strong. All right, we're back. Okay. Well, I want so to tell t- you. I want to tell you about uh, you know. Uh, one of the weird things about uh, alcohol efficiency is, um, uh, you know, getting your. Uh, your yeast to uh, attenuate those sugars that you provided. Right. And I'll tell you, you know, one of the interesting things is the uh, vault at White Labs. They have all sorts of yeast that do all sorts of miraculous things and produce all sorts of interesting flavors and all that. And sometimes the only place you can get some of those really interesting things is through their vault program. They add like 20 new specialty strains into the vault and you can they'll add more throughout the year. You go there and you check it out, and if you find something that interests you, uh, you put in your pre-order. And uh, once a strain reaches 150 orders, they go ahead and they release the yeast. Then they'll ship it out to you uh, directly to your doorstep. And um, it it's an opportunity to get to brew with yeast that otherwise you'd never have a chance at. You know. The size brewery we are, I could get White Labs to make me a yeast, but um, you know, as a home brewer, you just don't have that opportunity. So I think it's really cool that they do this. So you can check it out, uh, whitelabs.com uh, uh, slash uh, vault, or the vault. Let's see. The vault. Sorry. Whitelabs.com slash the vault. Do you know what uh, White Labs' barrel limit is? Like if I have a, you know, I'm making 700 barrels a year. Mm-hmm. Can I? Will they make me a yeast then? Uh, well, it depends on how much you're ordering. You know, you can go ahead and uh, through yeastman.com, you can order uh, a minimum orders of 1.5 liters of yeast. Okay. So um, that gives you access to their unique and special strains as well. So check that out. All right. Back to efficiency. 
Okie dokie. Well, so in, in the mash, we've got, you know, everybody's crushing their malt. Um, today's malts are very well modified. That means that they, they their starch and sperm has been broken down by enzymes during the malting process. These starches are just ready and waiting to be converted in the mash. Mm-hmm. So um, when it comes to mash efficiency and mash conversion efficiency um, that that's going to be pretty consistent um, yeah degree of crush has an effect uh, but mostly it affects how fast the mash converts not how completely um, but it does have a small effect so what I'm saying is that you know your your starches will convert in the mash mm-hmm. and therefore, your worked gravity in the mash, you know, the when when once you've doed in that mash has gone on for a little while, that gravity is going to be pretty consistent, and it's going to mainly depend on your water to grist ratio. Mm-hmm. So, um, I want you everybody to be aware of that that um, your mash conversion efficiency is going to be pretty consistent. Um, does depend again to repeat depends a small amount of degree of crush. But it's going to be pretty consistent, and you can predict your first running's work gravity very consistently, very accurately uh, using uh, an equation and tables that are in how to brew. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of locked in. Now we come to laudering efficiency, um, and the this is where most people have problems with. You know, lower than anticipated efficiency is, you know, um, having problems getting that sugar out of the mash and, and you know, by laudering. Mm-hmm. Um, so, lauder means to cl- clean, clarify, purify. It's the process of separating and clarifying the wort from the mash to the kettle. And um, so, you can you can drain off. The wort from the mash, um, and then you can sparge uh, to rinse. Sparge means to sprinkle. So you're rinsing the grain bed of extra sugar that's been retained by the wet grain. Now, um, the wet grain typically retains about a half quart per pound or one liter per kilogram of grist. So, and that and that retained sugar is going to be at the same you know sugar concentration as the wort itself. So you're going to have of that remaining extract left behind in the mash after you drain it off, and that's why you're sparging. You're trying to rinse that sugar out. Um, lots of ways to do that. You have traditional fly sparging where basically the slower you go and the more uniformly you rinse the grain bed, the better you'll rinse it and you'll get very high efficiencies. Um, and again, efficiency is how much Wort, gravity and volume that you collect in your boil kettle. Um, so if you go nice and slow, you can get pretty easily 90, 95% efficiency. Um, but, you know, when so many brewers tend to rush the uh, laudering and sparging process, they try to drain too fast, they'll, and they end up compacting the grain bed. Mm-hmm. And when you compact the grain bed, now you've got you know high density areas that makes it harder for the work to flow through them. Those areas don't get rinsed as well. So now you're missing extract from those areas. Um, some people you know use um, small false, false bottoms that don't cover the whole area of the ton, and again you miss out on you know. Uh, grist that's at the edges of the mash with mm-hmm. if your false bottom is small. If you're using like a single screen kind of manifold or something, um, again, you can be rinsing, you can be missing out on rinsing areas of that mash ton and, mm-hmm. and missing extract that way. So um, both compaction, channeling, uh, your the way your laudering device design, all of those things can contribute to not rinsing and collecting from all areas of the grain bed effectively, and you get uh, lost that way. And that's 
that all is laudering efficiency. Mm-hmm. How is that affected by something like uh, brew in a bag? Well, brew in a bag is, is um, essentially a no-sparge process. Um, and uh, the nice thing about brew in a bag is that you're simply draining what's there. You're not trying to rinse it. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to worry about, you know, rin- or sparging slowly and all that. You are simply going to hoist the bag out of the ton and let all the work drain out into the ton or kettle, as the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, what you need, what you want to do when doing brew in a bag is to put in your full volume of water so that um, when when you collect that wort from the draining bag, you have your full boil volume. Um, Brewing a bag because of the weight of the bag, kind of squeezing out more of the wort from the wet grain, um, it drops the retention factor um, by about half. So from a half quart per pound down to a quarter quart per pound, or conversely, a half liter per kilogram Mm -hmm. retained. And so, yeah, you get better efficiency from brewing a bag because you're getting more wort out of -hmm. that mash Mm -hmm. and collecting in your kettle. Um, so, uh, even, so no sparge brewing, you know, if you, if you do a rough calculation from about a, uh, a water to grist ratio of about two quarts per pound or four liters per kilogram, um, you get about 74%, 74, 75%, uh, yield and efficiency, uh, just from no sparge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you batch sparge, if you put in another batch of water, and rinse that grain bed again, um, then you can collect more of that extract. And so that can get you up, you know, like 80%, uh, 85% efficiency, depending on, you know, the, the water ratios involved. Mm-hmm. The higher your water to grist ratio, the more of the um, sugars you will extract into the wort from the grain. Um, they'll be you know, more diluted, but you will re- recover a greater percentage of them. Mm-hmm. So, and, that, and that can vary, you know, from like 65% down at very low water-to-grist water ratios, like a, oh, one quart per pound kind of thing, um, up to, I think it's 80, 85%, 90% as you go up to like a, um, six quarts per pound mm-hmm. at the top end. Which is really, you know, very dilute, and you'd have to spend an extra hour boiling the wort just to get the gravity down to a useful, you know, uh, OG for you. But those are the trade-offs. Right. Okay. So, laudering efficiency is all about, you know, you uh, effectively getting the the wort out of the grain bed, and uh, you can, you can drain, which isn't you know as nice. Um, and or you can sparge, and uh, let's see. I guess I kind of covered that already. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, brew in the bag, good method. Um, here are some numbers I've calculated for the different uh, methods. Um, standard traditional fly sparge. Um, if your um, if your water to grist ratio is about two quarts per pound, and your uh, retention factor for wet grain is about one liter per kilogram or a half quart per pound, uh, to get seven gallons of 1043 wort to boil to six gallons of 1050 uh, OG, um, you would need nine and a half pounds of grain. When that would net you an efficiency of about 85 percent mm-hmm. traditional uh, mash and water. Batch sparging to get that same seven gallons of 1043, uh, you would have to use about 10.3 pounds compared to nine and a half, and your water to grist ratio would be a little bit lower, 1.9 uh, quarts per pound, and your efficiency would be about 78 percent. Mm-hmm. Compared to ARD five, no sparge. You'd use more grain, eleven pounds. Your efficiency would be seventy four percent, 
and your water to grist ratio would be about three, uh, 3.1 quarts per pound mm-hmm. or 6.2 liters per kilogram. Brew in a bag because we are retaining less wort in the US, in the white grain. You can get by with less grain, 10 pounds, uh, same water to, gr- uh, water to grist ratio, 3.1, but your efficiency is up at 81%. So... Um, you know, bit of a range there, eighty-five down to seventy-four, um, but still right. ballpark. Very useful efficiencies, really. Well, and yeah, I, I think the the thing that you know people get all freaked out about and start going nuts, and they're like, "Oh, I'm at seventy-four. I need to be at eighty-five. and they worry about these little numbers. Right. And it's like, well, all right. If you were Anheuser Busch, maybe you need to worry about it. But even at our size, we don't really worry about that. You know, right. you think about this in a in terms of a uh, you know homebrew batch. You know, the difference is about ten percent. So ten percent of your base malt, you're talking about you know a half pound to a pound of grain. Um, to make up for that extra. To make up yeah. for it, yeah. And, you know, and the the point being, you know, you could ruin your beer trying to be too aggressive about efficiency. Oh, yeah. Over-sparging. Right. Versus yeah. no-sparge, which tends to make, you know, a, a maltier, richer flavor beer. Right. Um, I think, you know, that's that's been shown uh, in the past. Um you know, is that worth you know extra fifty cents? Uh, yeah, it might be. Um, I, I think that you know, I wouldn't worry about the fifty cents to a dollar. I'd, I'd worry right. about um, you know making the best beer possible. And right. there's you know other other things to worry about first. But uh, you still need to be able to calculate your efficiency in order to have consistency and to yes. be able to come up with new recipes. So I think this is a very important subject, I think, uh, for different reasons than most people assume when they first start brewing. Yeah. The Yeah, so many people are uh, worried, as you say, just about the number, when what they really need to be wor- worried about is what does that efficiency number say about your brewing process, mm-hmm. you know? Um, are you getting the degree of conversion in the mash that you're expecting? You know, if you're mashing 10 pounds of malt at a water-to-grist ratio of 2 to 1, you should mm-hmm. be getting a work gravity um, about 10, where is that number? It's 1068, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if you're not seeing that, if you can't take a wort sample and see that number, well, okay, maybe... Maybe your thermometer is not calibrated. Maybe your pH is really wrong because mm-hmm. of bad water. Mm-hmm. You know, what are those factors that right. could be affecting that mash? Yeah, if you're doing that, a no sparge and you're not getting, you know, maybe 74%, yeah, uh, there's something wrong with your mash conversion. Right. Or, and that, you know, and that's, your, your, your scale you're weighing or the grain that you've been given or, you know, something like that. Yeah, that's what the that's what the measuring the efficiency is for is to help you understand how your process is doing. Mm-hmm. You're not not trying to worry about seventy four, seventy five, seventy six. That's in the weeds. That's not important. Mm-hmm. Likewise, you know, if you know that as no sparge, you should be getting seventy four percent, but you know by the time you collect wort in your kettle. And you say to yourself, I'm only measuring, you know, 65% efficiency from my the wort that I've collected in my kettle. Well, maybe you're doing something wrong in the sparge. Or maybe there's a big, you know, source of wort loss that you're leaving behind, maybe under the false bottom or, you know, not, you know, oh, you're only, you know, you're channeling and really just collecting sparge water in your kettle and all the, all the sugar staying in the, ma- in the mash tun. I mean, again... You know that's that's when you should be concerned about your efficiency, is when it's you know grossly off, um, and understand what these numbers mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I wanted to tell everybody about the uh, free Brew Guru app um, from the AHA. 
Um, <clears throat> you can download for free from uh, the Play Store, the App Store, uh, wherever else you get apps from. And uh, it is a really cool uh, app for locating uh, all those discounts you get with your AHA membership. Let's just put it that put that right out there. It's yep. got a lot of good things about like. Uh, curated articles and stuff like that but just being able to find out the closest place that has uh, aha discount you know bars restaurants homebrew shops whatever um bottle shops it'll save you a ton of money it'll save you the price of your membership if, if you can't pay for your membership by the uh, using this app then you probably don't buy any beer or food or homebrew supplies <laughs> if you listen to the show I'm pretty sure you do all three of those things uh, to excess. So uh, get yourself the BrewGuru app and uh, an AHA membership and uh, take advantage of it and essentially pay yourself for uh, uh, being a home brewer. Uh, all right. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll wrap up uh, this uh, fascinating discussion of efficiency right after this. Brewing great beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for an economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zedeshaf and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard and polish your style accuracy with DeVille. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewing network or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own. The how-to homebrew beer magazine. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. I also want to tell you folks about AdamandEve.com. AdamandEve.com, especially for Valentine's Day, you can get yourself uh, 50% off almost any one item, a free romance kit, a free DVD, and free shipping when you use the offer code Jamil, J-A-M-I-L. Yeah, the, you know, to make a Valentine's Day, you're never going to forget. Take advantage of this Adam and Eve offer. Uh, they're going to give you 50% off just about any one item, and then you're going to get your uh, romance kit for free, which is uh, a toy for him, a special massager for her, and a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, the free adult DVD puts you in the mood and free shipping on your entire order. So check out adamandeve.com today for a special Valentine's offer. 50% off the romance kit, the DVD, free shipping. Just use the offer code Jamel. J-A-M-I-L. I just want to clarify, Adam and Eve is no longer sponsoring the show. You were just inspired because Porno Steve walked in, right? No. <laughs> hey, I got my sheet to uh, sheet to read. I mean, they. I think they dropped off for a little bit, but then I was told they came back. I've been reading them for for the last few months at least. Hmm. Okay. So I, yeah, well, I you, think the point is they beat the heck out of Hallmark. 
<laughs> yes. For Valentine's, for Valentine's Day. Day. All right, Good Porno point. Steve, you ready? Oh. Welcome, welcome, man. Hi. Oh, good, good, good of you to show up, you, uh, Porno Steve. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. I mean, Responsible. That, yeah. you know, that and your belching. I don't know. <laughs> Belching on the air into the microphone. Really, the problem is our expectations. What, what, what yeah, more would you expect from uh, the porno Steve? I mean, timeliness, please. I don't um, expect lots night, of timely you know questions I mean. about efficiency. I don't expect much. That's a fact. A long night. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You missed out on the Evil 3. Oh, shit. Yeah, you did. Well, that's what I get. Makes sense. There you go. It actually right. is really what you get. Uh, I wanted more. And they're like, oh, we should just drink it all before ski- Steve gets here. And I was like, oh, yeah, screw that guy. Yeah. Yep. Fuck that guy. Cool. Thanks, brother. Uh, all right. Uh, back to efficiency. Let's uh, wrap up this topic. Okay. Well, again, efficiency to wrap up is comparing your mash and lauder mm-hmm. yield mm-hmm. compared to the ASBC laboratory yield. Mm-hmm. Um, base number is 37 points per pound per gallon for base malt or 304 uh, points per liter per kilogram, PKL, for working in liters and kilograms. Uh, and, uh, you know, don't sweat uh, efficiencies in this 75% range. That's perfectly typical. Mm-hmm. Um, understand, you know, where your numbers should your your numbers should be, what ballpark they should be in, and what that means in terms of your brewing process. Um, don't don't sweat trying to increase your efficiency by one, by one or two points. You know, um, lower efficiency such as no sparge um, means that you really you're you're uh, fermenting a richer, fuller bodied wort than you would be if you were extracting every last scrap of sugar from a mash and having to boil an additional length of time to reach your original gravity mm-hmm. uh, with 95% efficiency. So um, that's really kind of it. And, you know, it wort loss after the boil, whether it's in your plumbing or due to trube or hops or whatever in your fermenter, um, that's that's beyond efficiency that's uh i guess that's you know brew house loss and that's mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. but uh really doesn't enter into the efficiency calculation well and let me throw in a few a few tips uh that i'd have for people that are just starting out one is excellent um you know make sure you're getting a good crush and a consistent crush so uh if you keep going from place to place and messing with the the gap and things like that your crush on your grain is going to go up and down and it's going to mess with your efficiency uh, crush is very important to it take your time uh if you can recirculate that mash get it nice and uh, homogeneous uh make sure everything's getting wet properly everything uh, you know has opportunity consistent temperature and wetting um and that goes with like dough balls too when you toss in a bunch of uh, dry grain into uh, hot water it tends to ball up and form balls uh, you know stir that mash and check and, and crush any of those dough balls or you can add the water to the to the grain which tends to avoid the dough balls um uh, you know, vorloffing is is another you know almost like recirculation where it tends to get everything consistent and it clears up the wort. Uh, that's another good time, uh, technique. And take your time. Don't rush it. You know the laboratory process that John spelled out. The hours and hours that they do this. That's to get the maximum. If you're rushing through and saying, oh, you know, I only need thirty minutes. You know, take your time. Enjoy your day. So, you know, clean some of your other equipment. Do whatever. You know, spend at least an hour sparging. Um, that you know will help surprisingly um, in the uh, efficiency you're going to get. So you should be able to, to kind of hit that seventy-five percent without any real difficulty if you're doing these basic things. Right. I was going to also add. Um don't be tempted to overcrush or you know two mm-hmm. or three passes through mill because right. if you have tons of fines in your mash tun, then wort is not going to flow through that bed very well. That's mm-hmm. going to be a pretty homogenous bed, 
man, it's going to be act like a bowl of porridge. So, um, you know, don't don't overcrush because it won't water well. Uh, it'll convert well, but it won't water. Consistency well. is probably the more important thing than yeah. you know. As long as like you don't see a bunch of whole grains, even if you see what looks like whole grains, if you check them, they're probably crushed inside. They're at least cracked up into multiple bits. That's fine. So, you know, you just want consistency so you can dial in the rest of your process. Just uh, my point being, you know, don't don't change the mill. Don't change the gap. Um, just keep one until you've got everything else dialed in. Then you right. can worry about that. Yep. Yep. All right. Good show, uh, brother. Thank you. Uh, a lot of interesting material that I think people will find uh, very useful. And um, I think if you find the show useful, you find them all quite useful. And check it out uh, uh, on thebrewingnetwork.com. There's lots of shows to download. Um, we've been doing Brew Strong for probably 10 years. And uh, God bless him. Uh, John Blickman's been sponsoring it since uh, pretty much the beginning. And uh, I think if you enjoy the show, you should uh, give a nod to uh, Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com. Just email him, feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com, uh, so he can uh, hear that you, you do get value out of the money that he spends on us doing this show. Uh, you can also check out the uh, Brewing Network store. There's lots of goodies in there. Check them out. Uh, right now, they have a big sale on uh, spray bottles. They uh, have the logo on them. I think they're going for like a buck a piece with free shipping. I mean, you really can't beat it. Uh, so go check it out. Of course, it's limited quantities, so it may already be sold out. Um, but, you know, you go there and check it out anyways. You know, um, yeah, you can never have too many spray bottles. Till then, everybody, we're strong. Brew strong, everyone. 